0: Welcome to Nathan for Us and Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And for today's episode, it is episode eight. We will be getting into private investigator slash taxi company. But before we get into that, I just have one housekeeping note, which is that this is the final episode in season one. So for next week's episode, we're going to do a bit of a special format. What we're going to do is we're going to be going through each segment and giving a ranking so that we can build the ultimate segment list for Nathan for you. And then we also want everyone to send in their feedback to us. So I'll be posting a link to a Google form in the show notes that you can use. Or you can feel free to message us on Instagram or Twitter at Pod with any questions you might have about Megan and I or about the show. Honestly, we're just going to kind of answer whatever you want us
1: to. Yeah, if you have any philosophical life questions, we might not be qualified to answer, but we can answer. We'll do our very best. And we are actually
0: also going to be doing a happy hour on Clubhouse on Thursday at 8 p.m. So make sure you follow both Megan and I. Uh, My username is at Kelly W.
1: And mine is Megan Bianco. If you really want to participate and you don't have Clubhouse, I have a few invites so you can try to shoot me a message on Instagram and maybe I can hook you up with that. Clubhouse is also an app that only works for iPhones, unfortunately. So if you don't have an iPhone, um, again, still shoot us uh, some questions or messages and we'll answer them on the podcast.
0: Yeah. With all that out of the way... Let's talk about Private Investigator slash Taxi Company.
1: Yeah, I've been waiting for this episode all season. I think that, you know, Brian Wolf is one of the iconic characters in Nathan For You. I think he's someone that everyone talks about when Nathan For You is mentioned. He's one of the few standouts who comes back um, a few times, I think, throughout the series.
0: Yes, so we open up with Brian Wolfe, who claims to be the best private investigator in the LA area. But when Nathan looked him up on Yelp, he had zero reviews. Meg, are you a Yelper?
1: I am not, and unfortunately, we probably also have zero reviews on Yelp, so maybe we could use Nathan's help.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if I can say famously, but I am a bit of a
1: prolific Google reviewer. I don't know if you know this about me. I think I've I've known that you've done some funny reviews on Google. Maybe you can read us a few of your favorites. Maybe give us some recommendations on where to go.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm like a funny Google reviewer, but I weirdly like it's one of those things that I just work really hard at. I'm a level six local guide. So I've done over like, I don't know, like
1: 100 reviews or something. Like I review everything. Wow. Have you reviewed the Club fills?
0: I don't believe I have, but I I definitely should. There's like a Google Summit that you can apply for, which is pretty cool. And that's like my goal. That's like why I keep reviewing, because I want to get to go on this free trip to California if you review enough things. But like a bunch of my photos have a lot of views. Like I have photos on Google that have over like 25,000 views, which is pretty wild.
1: Whoa, can you post a photo and review our podcast?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't believe we are a... (laughs) business so i don't think i can
1: maybe we can make the location like my home and you can just review it
0: yeah my favorite game to play is that occasionally my partner will read a review of a place that we like and he'll be like yeah here's this review and and then i'll be like wait i like that that's a great review and he'll be like yeah you wrote that (laughs) like i just i've reviewed so many places i literally can't remember what i've written
1: That's amazing. I also want to hear more about this Google summit. Like if you review enough, like how many places do you need to review to get invited on a free trip? Like what should I be reviewing places? So I've reviewed 144 places. Um, let
0: me see if I can find the the actual email they send. So they bring the top 150 local guides to San Francisco. And basically, you just need to, like, be super, super active on Google Maps, and then you're able to send in an application. The only thing that's kind of annoying is you have to also, like, moderate things on Google, which I do not, so that's why I I don't think I'm quite good enough.
1: Maybe with lockdown, you can really buckle down, start spending your hours reviewing things uh, on Google, and maybe picking up that moderator game. Clearly, I should. (laughs) You got to get that free trip. So with these zero Yelp reviews,
0: Nathan comes up with a plan and basically his plan is that he's going to give Brian his first five-star review. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the conversation
1: that they have? Yeah. So I guess to start with, I would probably qualify the segment as one of those random segments. You know, there's a few that don't necessarily have like a specific business plan in mind that the business needs to execute, Because a specific individual leaving Brian a review isn't really a business plan, right? Yeah, for sure. So the segment starts with Nathan interviewing Brian and talking a little bit about his business. Brian says, you keep people happy and they're going to come back. But as Nathan points out, they have zero reviews on Yelp. So Brian doesn't seem to think that that's very important But Nathan seems to think that it's very important for bringing more success to his business. Um, He wants to learn a little bit more about Brian and what he's done in his past and how he got to this point. So he asks him, when did you first know that you like to snoop? And Brian emphasizes that they like to call it observing and he's not a snoop. Uh, Kelly, do you think Brian's a snoop?
0: I wouldn't say that he's a snoop. I think that, you know, being a private investigator, you do need to be a little bit snoopy, but I wouldn't say that that means he's a snoop.
1: Oh, he's for sure a snoop. He like lurks outside of people's houses. <laughs> but, I, but also, there's nothing wrong with being a snoop if that's your job.
0: How snoopy are you? Like, If you were given something by someone
1: and they were like, hey, don't open this, would you open it? I think it really depends on the person. And the context, like if it's someone's, if someone needs to like, leave their phone with me and go do something like, I'm not going to go through your phone, but if someone's like, here's like an open box with something like very mysterious in it, but do not open it, I'd probably take a little peek, you know, like just a little one.
0: With phones, I don't care, but with like a box or Like, anything that's, like, a physical item and someone said don't look in it, I think I would have to. I will say, I have, like, a
1: weird moral question for you. Whoa. (laughs) I hope my morals live up to your expectations.
0: (laughs) I think the statute of limitations has expired on me um, not being able to talk about this on a podcast. So, hopefully that is the case. But a friend of mine... Was oh, dating yeah. a guy
1: and <laughs> no, it's not me just to be clear we're we're not saying a friend it's for sure not me it is it's an actual friend of mine so she
0: was dating a guy um she one day looked at his phone like was just kind of snooping around and in a hidden folder on his phone she found old naked photos of his ex-girlfriend and so my question is is it worse to, f- to be snooping through the phone and find the naked photos or is it worse that he had the naked
1: photos in the first place? Oh my God, both are so bad. I remember when you told me this story and we all just went, oh, because it's hard because now she knows that he's been lying to her, which is terrible and you should absolutely never keep naked photos of someone. You know, if someone trusts you, sends you that and you guys are no longer in a relationship... You need to delete those and it's very creepy to keep them in a private folder. So this guy I'm not a fan of, but how on earth do you bring that up to him and say, I went through your stuff. I think ultimately his is worse. And obviously he gave her a big enough reason to go through his phone. Like clearly something was off, but probably if you feel like something is so off that you need to go through their phone, like it's probably not working. So I would say that his is worse, but it just makes it really hard for her to bring it up and fully win the argument when you are snooping through their stuff. So I think at that point, your relationship is probably over anyway, because I certainly don't know how you talk your way out of having naked photos of your ex on your phone.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so brutal, like, oh, you literally had a spank bank, just chilling here, waiting. Ugh. They're not together <laughs> oh, no. anymore, just so all of the listeners know, but so it's always an
1: interesting question to talk about. If you're listening to this and you're like, man, I really hope my girlfriend doesn't find the naked photos of my ex on my phone, delete the photos. Delete the photos.
0: Yeah, yeah, obviously you gotta clean that stuff up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just so uncomfy. I'm so glad something like that has never happened to me. I feel like I'd panic so badly. Like I've been very fortunate where everyone I've dated um, has been like very trustworthy and not talking to other people. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're all pretty good guys. I feel like that would be the most stressful thing ever. And I fully sympathize with anyone Going through something like that, like it's so stressful. Like, how do you not check their phone if you really think this is happening? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I guess that's all to say that she was a snoop,
0: <laughs> she was a big snoop, just like Brian.
1: Yeah, yeah, for whatever reason, Brian really hates this word. I think it's kind of a fun word, like, snooping around makes it sound like a bit more of an adventure.
0: Yeah, it's like very innocent.
1: It's like, oh, you snoop. I think observing sounds much creepier if you're like, oh, I was observing them. That's that's kind of weird. Whereas like, oh, I'm just snooping around. The only time I do snoop, and I am very vocal that I am going to snoop. So for Christmas, my boyfriend told me that my present was hidden somewhere in the house. And I was like, you know that now I know that I'm going to look for it. And he said, all right, like, go for it. Try to find it. And so my my mom who was there when we had this conversation was like, Megan, like, you can't, you can't go look for it. Like, no, don't go try to find it. You're going to ruin Christmas. And Connor seemed very confident I wouldn't find it. So I was like, okay, I'm, the hunt is on. This is now me versus you. Like, is your hiding spot good enough? And I was pretending I wasn't looking, but I was for sure looking anytime he was like on a work call or If you went grocery shopping, I was like tearing things apart, trying to find it. And I think if I found like a box that was clearly a present, I would have just left it and picked it up and been like, I found it. But I never did. And it turns out it was in his car, which is a foul play, foul play. (laughs) You can't say it's hidden like in the house. And my stepdad kept guessing it was in the garage And I was like, okay, I'm a little unwilling to go outside into the garage. I don't really leave the house (laughs) much these days. And it was really cold. And I kept being like, is it there? And I asked him a few times and he said, okay, fine. I'll tell you, it's not in the garage. So I never went and snooped in there, but I feel very wronged that he was kind of baiting me into saying like, oh, you'll never find it. And it was in his car. Like, I'm not going to go look through your car. I didn't think that that was in the playing field.
0: Yeah, that's sneaky.
1: Yeah, it was also a very small present, so it would have been hard to find.
0: Yeah, I definitely like
1: when I was a kid around Christmas, I found probably all of my gifts. That's sweet. I never found I don't think I found them, but for every Easter my mom sets up or she would set up a big scavenger hunt and it always seemed to end in the dryer. So one year we <laughs> just went to, <laughs> So one year we just went to the dryer because there'd be there would be a series of clues. And you get, like, little treats along the way. But, of course, like, the big treats at the end. And one of, like, the bigger places you can hide it was uh, the dryer. So one year we just went straight for the dryer, my brother and I. And it was there. And my mom was, like, so rattled. She was like, no, you have to go through the clues, though. And I was like, yes, I'll go back. But I just wanted to to show that we know where it will end up.
0: Yeah, my my mom is only five feet tall so as i got older and became taller than her it became a lot easier finding gifts because like she can only hide things in so many places being that
1: short sherry
0: so yes we have this conversation between brian and nathan and brian starts getting like a little bit heated here he's saying like he does not give a fuck about yelp like why would he care about yelp he is very incredulous about this whole thing And Nathan says one of my favorite lines in this episode, which he asks, Brian, are you done having your tantrum? Which is an (laughs) iconic line to say to a grown man.
1: Yeah, it was really, really good. I was looking through my notes and that wasn't the line I was going to guess, but that one's so much better.
0: I mean, there's there's a lot of good lines in this one. But yeah, that one's funny. And Brian says, you know, I'm sitting down. I'm relaxed. Do you think he looked relaxed
1: in this scene? You can be sitting down and not be relaxed. And I think Brian is proof of this.
0: Yeah. I mean, he at least looks like he doesn't look oily or sweaty or anything. So like oily? Maybe he's kind of relaxed. Yeah. you <laughs> Do know. You upset people get oily? <laughs> yeah. Don't you ever get a little like stressed out and
1: you get the glazed donut look? Uh, I, I understand sweaty. I don't think there's a situation that a person becomes oily in.
0: Maybe I need to go to my dermatologist.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned if when stressed you get oily. I don't think that's like a human characteristic. I think that's like what happens to like an octopus. He gets like inky <laughs> when no, spooked. you made me ink. <laughs> Yeah. But when I'm nervous, i I get really shaky. Oh, so, yeah. and if I'm in an argument, I won't like, I won't like yell or, or I'll try to pretend that I'm fine, but I'll just like sit there shaking aggressively. And so anytime I'm really stressed or upset, uh, my boyfriend will be like, I know you're upset because you're sh- like, you're literally just aggressively shaking. And I'm like, Oh, but it's a secret that I'm upset. <laughs>
0: You're like one of those chihuahuas. Yeah, yeah. Shaky too when they're upset.
1: Yeah, I get shaky cuz I'm like, "Oh, I'm so mad." And then I'll just have an argument in my head and be like, "Okay, everything's better now."
0: <laughs> so, after Brian seems to be calmed, he's relaxed. Nathan tells him, "So, to make sure that I can actually give you a real five-star review, I'm going to need to hire you to track my
1: me for 24 hours yeah so he hand the way he reveals that he wants it to be nathan that brian's tracking is he hands him this uh file folder and inside are just like these far away shots of nathan as if someone's spying on him and i died it was so funny
0: yeah, a classic game of cat and mouse.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Nathan gets up and says he's going to get going, but he needs a head start. And Brian's like, yeah, okay, whatever. You can have your head start. And Nathan like starts running. And he goes back to this hotel that he's been staying at where there are nine Nathan clones. And maybe one of them looks a little bit like him, but the other eight certainly do not.
0: Yeah, they they're all like varying heights. Um, They have varying like facial hair and like different haircuts. And some of them are different races. And like we all know Nathan's a white guy. So he's hired literally any actor who replied to this ad, I imagine.
1: Yeah, my only regret is not being on Kijiji when this ad was posted. I can wear the hell out of a blue dress shirt.
0: The words Nathan uses is that he's hired eight doubles who look identical to him, which is funny because yeah, as discussed, they do not look like him. And he gives them a pep talk about some of his quirks. So he's like, I have this jaw thing, and like ta- think about how I'm talking and think about how I'm moving. Which really got me thinking, like, what kind of weird quirks do I have that I would have to explain to a body double? So I, mm. I think for me, like I touch my hair a lot, have a weird thing where I am like a big hand talker. But like, I only really have my hands like up like a t-rex. So I have like very short
1: little T-rex arms when I'm talking a lot, yeah, those would definitely be good notes for you to give someone. I also talk a lot with my hands, and I have like limp wrists where I just kind of let them hang and let my hands like jiggle around while I'm talking. And I only noticed this because the escape room I worked at, we did a lot of behind the scenes videos. And as one of the game designers, I'd be explaining to the camera about one of our puzzles or like a sneak peek at one of our games. And the other designers didn't like to be on video. So I said, yeah, okay, that's fine. I can kind of be the video person. And then watching back was the first time I kind of had seen myself recorded. And I'm like, whoa, those wrists. And I just hold them limp. But one of the benefits of COVID and working remotely and having all these online meetings are you can position your camera so it's faced a little bit higher up. So right below the camera, my arms are flying all sorts of directions. But no one can see that. Those are secret hand gestures.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no one needs to know. Secret limp wrists. So after they do this whole little pep talk, all of the doubles race out of the hotel And we get a voiceover of Nathan saying that the first place Brian would look was at his home. So Nathan kept behind the best double lookalike. And we learn after that this person's name is Dan. And he's going to talk to Dan, explain how to act like him, and then send him to Nathan's house. So he tells him, hey Dan, like... I need you to please do the dishes, you know, do the laundry, do some vacuuming, all these things that I would normally be doing at home. And Dan says, oh, so you want me to clean your house then?
1: Yeah, but come on, Dan, you got to get into the part if someone's creeping through the windows. You need to play the part. Do you think it's fair that he asks Dan to do some of his chores?
0: I... I think it was smart of him to ask Dan to do some of his chores, because, <laughs> I mean, why not? You've already hired this guy. Why not get him
1: to do your dishes? Now, I don't think we ever actually see Dan doing the chores, so I hope Nathan didn't pay him very much, because he's not really doing <laughs> what he's supposed to do.
0: Yeah, he didn't get method
1: with it, you know? No. He should have immediately started showing Nathan how he would clean the dishes, getting Nathan's strategy... Um, do you fill the sink? Do you use the dishwasher? Like, he could have asked him a lot of questions if he was serious about this acting role.
0: Yeah, you're right. We, we didn't really get enough research
1: from Dan's part. Mm-hmm. But one of the main takeaways from this conversation is that while Dan is going to pretend to be Nathan, Nathan now needs to pretend to be Dan so he has somewhere to go and so it's not suspicious. And so he asked Dan for his keys and about his personal life. Apparently Dan has a fiance and Nathan asked him for his fiance's number. They learned that they're planning on getting married next year. Uh, His fiance's name is Caitlin, Um, but they don't have a date yet. So Nathan says, don't worry. I'll figure that out with her later. And the switch is in full effect. Yes.
0: So we've got Brian set up outside of Nathan's house and he's watching for when Nathan gets home. So we see a little switcheroo here because Dan sneaks into Nathan's house using a 2-4 of beer that is shielding his face. So he's carrying it on his shoulder so Brian isn't able to actually see that it's Dan and not Nathan going into Nathan's house.
1: Yeah, I think this was a rookie mistake for Brian. You know, if your face is covered and you're, like, blatantly walking into the house... I think he should have snooped a little bit more. I think he was going pretty easy with it. Like, had he not gone home, what was his plan?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I also, this kind of whole little thing that they do with the beer, it reminds me a lot of in TV shows where, like, an actress would be pregnant and they would just have weird things, like, hiding their belly. Like, I remember Mm -hmm. in How I Met Your Mother, um when Lily the actress who played Lily got pregnant and she would just be holding like hilariously sized beach balls in front of her in every scene and stuff like that
1: yeah that's so great
0: but all in all I think a pretty good a pretty good way to sneak in granted that Brian did not try very hard to make sure that it was actually Nathan
1: yeah I mean it worked like a charm he assumed that was Nathan and he just hung out in his car
0: Yeah, and then we see Nathan who is at some sort of bodega and he's grabbing flowers and he also is grabbing the smallest condoms that are available in the store before heading over to
1: Dan and Caitlin's place. Oh my gosh, I died. It's so funny. The poor cashier.
0: Yeah, imagine you're a cashier and someone asks, do you have any smaller condoms? I don't even know how I would react.
1: Yeah. I, I'd i probably avoid being a cashier for this reason alone. But um, <laughs> I think it's so funny that he asked. And of, of course, it just here's the thousandth example of Nathan being able to keep a straight face. Like he's just perfection.
0: This kind of reminded me of when we were in university. Um, I threw a charity kegger at the house that Megan and I lived in. And it was Oktoberfest-themed, and somehow this, like, party invitation, I guess it just got kind of pushed out to way more people than I thought it would. So a couple girls were going to buy costumes for this party, so they were in, like, the stag shop, and they were buying Oktoberfest, like, beer maiden costumes, and the cashier at the stag shop was like, oh, are you buying these for the Oktoberfest charity kegger? Like, the stag shop cashier had heard about our party somehow.
1: I didn't realize how popular we were until right now. And now my ego's through the roof. I know. Who knew? I didn't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know why that reminded me of that story, but there you
1: go. Yeah, this is all just a plug for Kelly to say, like, yeah, I was cool in university.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I threw a charity kegger, no big deal. I almost got kicked out of my
1: sorority for it. Whatever. Whatever. So while we have Dan pretending to be Nathan, of course we have Nathan having purchased his flowers, wine, and condoms, because you never know what's going to happen, uh, pretending to be Dan. So he goes to Dan's house, he knocks on the door, and we meet Caitlin. And although Dan had sent Caitlin a message saying, like, someone's coming over pretending to be me, um, I don't think she was expecting the full Video crew um, or television crew. And so when Nathan walks in, she's like very uncomfortable. We see her call Dan on camera saying, You know, there's this guy, he brought me flowers and wine, and he keeps calling himself Dan. And she essentially politely kicks Nathan out and says, You can come back when Dan's home, but I would prefer that you aren't here until then.
0: Yeah, she really just is like, I'm not even going to play along a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's like, please leave. And I wonder if she would have been, she seems like a sweet woman. So I'm sure she would have been as polite if there weren't cameras, but it also would have been so much weirder if there weren't cameras. And I think the situation would have been a thousand times more uncomfortable. Like imagine some guy shows up at your house and is like, call me Colin.
0: Yeah. Especially if they showed up with the wine and flowers. I think that's what really brings it over the top.
1: Yeah. I think just flowers is like a little sweet. I don't know. At least she didn't see the condoms. I think she would have been real uncomfy. (laughs) Especially if she saw the size. I mean, I think there's just like the regular size and then the magnum, right? There's not like a smaller size.
0: So with Caitlin kind of rejecting Nathan showing up with the flowers and the wine, he's feeling pretty dejected. So he essentially says, like, you know what, I'm just going to give up. So he shows up where Brian is sitting in his car, and he knocks on Brian's car window and is like, hey, can we just go grab a beer? Like, you win. You're playing too many mind games with me. I give up. And Brian's like, yeah, let's just go grab a beer. So Nathan goes around to the other side of the car to get into the passenger seat, and lo and behold, it's one of the doubles who gets in the car (laughs)
1: This was so, so funny. So uh, Brian had just finished saying like, yeah, you're easy prey, kid. And then a different double hops into the car. And you see this clip of Nathan running as fast as he can down this hill. And his run is so funny. Oh my goodness. I loved it. If we could just have like a three minute clip of just him running random places, I would for sure watch it. How was his form? <laughs> his cadence? His cadence? was a little bit weird,
0: I'm not going to lie, but
1: you know what? He, he, did, he did the job. I mean, he wasn't exactly in running clothes either. Yeah, that's fair. Now, Brian did not think this was funny. He immediately started telling the double, like, get out of the car. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, you just said we'd go get a beer. And he's like, get out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's like, who the fuck are you?
1: And the double's
0: like, I'm Nathan.
1: We were just talking three (laughs) seconds ago. And Brian's like, get out of my car. Do you remember the scene in the office where um, Jim hires a double to go in and pretend to be him for the day? And Dwight's like what do you mean you're not Jim? And they had switched every photo to have this new guy in it. Pam walks (laughs) in, gives him a kiss. Like he uses the actual uh, password on Jim's phone.
0: (laughs) Oh my God.
1: I do not remember this, but I blocked out a lot of the office. Oh, it's, it's one of my favorite scenes. It's great. But anyway, so then we flash back to the office where Nathan is reading his review uh, that he has left for Brian because he successfully, I guess, apparently watched him, although all he did was drive to his house. But Nathan reads the speech and then says, yeah, but he was a bit too talkative. Four stars.
0: Yes. So I will give you a little insight into this if you'd like. So I can read the review in its entirety, which Nathan has written on 11-8-2012. He said, I learned an important lesson that day, that no matter where I was or how long I stayed in one place, I'd always be running. I'd always have no home. I couldn't depend on strangers to take me in. I was a lone man, always looking over my shoulder while Brian hunted me down. But the most amazing thing I learned of all is that Brian S. Wolf is an amazing private investigator. So he did not include the talkative part and he did actually give him five stars.
1: Oh, that's so nice. That is such a good review. That's really, really funny. And actually, I'm glad he left him five stars because something I was thinking of, and this has come up twice, where Nathan's goal, like his mission was to get him a five star review. And by him choosing to give him four stars, he technically failed himself. Um, And then this also came up in the gas station rebate, which we never ended up talking about. But his goal was to have the only rebate in the world that was never redeemed. But then he redeemed it at the very end. And I was like, no, don't redeem it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was a little disappointed, but I'm glad he actually left him five stars.
0: Yeah, he has a couple other reviews as well. He... Did a review of the Vine Street Deli, and one of the things that he says in that review is, I told the owner he should use, if you can handle the meat, then take a seat, as his restaurant slogan. But he just kind of nodded as I walked away. (laughs) Oh, this one, he reviewed Sunset Foot Spa, and there's a riddle if you'd like me to read that to you.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: What has two hands, a bottle of massage lotion, and the ability to bring you ecstasy by just merely touching your shoulder and feet? Whoa. (laughs) Which is the masseuses at Sunset Foot Spa. Apparently, he writes about how he had a woman who was his masseuse one time, but they said they'd never be back for some reason. And he says the only negative is that everyone is in the same room. So if you want to moan while you're working on your knots, other people will hear you. But otherwise, you'd be wise to go there. Oh my god. And he also wrote about all about the bread. And he made sure to include his favorite Wayne Gretzky quote, "The you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And he wants them to change that to, you like 100% of the sandwiches you don't eat
1: i really hope he writes these himself (laughs) well one yeah that doesn't make sense and two i hope that he wrote these himself
0: i hope so too he on his like yelp thing it says things i love and the only two things listed are massages and (laughs) which we'll
1: get into later (laughs) amazing so after he reads uh this review Brian is not pleased with the four stars. And he says, well, that's your opinion. Normally I get five stars. And Nathan's response is, normally you get no stars. <laughs> and Brian says he doesn't give a flying fuck about... Sorry, a flying F about uh, Yelp. <laughs> Do we swear on this?
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> we already have to mark it explicit, so it doesn't really
1: matter. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, and then the most iconic part of this episode. Brian like really lays in to Nathan and he says, you know what you are? You remind me of the Wizard of Loneliness because you and your own self, your own wizard. <laughs> and uh, Brian apparently also hates his pink shirt and really like lays into him. And he's like, you're killing me. You have no friends. Um, Nathan asks if he wants to hang out, but he just keeps going with this tangent. And- i have a few questions (laughs) he said you remind (laughs) me of the wizard of loneliness is there a wizard of loneliness
0: i have never heard of the wizard of loneliness until this
1: episode the first time i watched it if you were a wizard what would you be the wizard of would it be google reviews
0: (laughs) it might be the wizard of google reviews how about you
1: um, based on this podcast, probably just, like, The Wizard of Tangents.
0: So, there is a movie called The Wizard of Loneliness, <laughs> if you'd like me to read you some Wikipedia information about it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know why you asked. <laughs> <laughs> a 1988 American drama film directed by Jenny Bowen, starring Lou Coss, Leah Thompson, a bunch of people. Apparently it's based on a book. But the premise is young Wendell Oler is sent to live with his Aunt Sybil and Uncle John when his father is called on to fight in World War II. Lonely and unhappy, Wendell harbors the delusion that he possesses amazing powers and becomes involved in some family secrets. Is this
1: what he's referring to? I, I want to know, but I feel like because he says you remind me of, he's referring to something. And if that's the only Wizard of Loneliness we can find online, we have to assume it's that.
0: Yeah, I wonder if maybe we should watch the movie.
1: Yeah, we definitely should. Now, we're also going to watch the first episode of Crywolf, which is um, Brian Wolf's spinoff series that I think lasted for two seasons, is it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so just as an extra episode before season two starts, I think we're going to review and just watch the first episode. I've never seen it before, and I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, we did reach out to Brian as well, but I believe his co-star in
1: Cry Wolf passed away, right? Yeah, so I guess just to start with, if we're going to chat for a second about Brian, he is the nicest human being. Oh my goodness. He followed our podcast immediately. Uh, I messaged him asking him if he wanted to come on an episode. He has a few personal things going on. Uh, with the death of his co-star that he's pretty torn up about completely understandable he was so nice and so sweet and like i hope he's doing okay but he's been so positive and i think he's just like one of the best things to happen out of nathan for you and i think because of this segment i didn't know if he would ever respond but he was so so nice
0: yeah he seems like a really cool guy so Mm -hmm. definitely sending him lots of love Mm-hmm. Um, I do think we should probably watch *The Wizard of Loneliness*. I um, yeah. I just pulled up the the letterboxed and the the top review of it is I thought Nathan Fielder was in this movie,
1: so I think this might be the one. <laughs> it's probably the movie to watch. So if you uh, want to go off on a few episode tangents with us, we'll watch *The Wizard of Loneliness* and we'll watch the first episode of Crywolf. Maybe we can chat a little bit more about Kelly there, um, as I haven't seen anything with her in it, but apparently she was fantastic throughout the series, and I'm really excited to see it.
0: So a little bit later in the episode, we get a flashback to the Brian Wolf segment, where it shows Nathan asking Brian to hang out, and that Brian had said he was taking his girl out so he wouldn't be able to hang out with Nathan. And... We've seen Nathan be rejected by lots of people on the show. This one seems to particularly get to him. So he decides that he's going to hire a different private investigator named Paul Katz to see if Brian really did take his girl out that weekend. Yeah.
1: Can I just say, Paul's tie is wild. This tie and shirt combo is so cartoony. It's like, he's just a whole, like... He's just a fictional character to me. Like, he's just so, like, kooky.
0: Yeah, he's really funny. I don't know why I find Paul hilarious, but he's just, I don't know. He's great.
1: I feel like you want to be really low-key if you're a PI. And if I saw him in any sort of crowd, he would be the person I noticed immediately. Like, he (laughs) needs to take it down about 10 notches.
0: You don't think he's a snoop?
1: I think he stands out in a crowd, which isn't a bad thing, but I think he needs to tone down his wardrobe if he wants to continue to be a PI.
0: Yeah, well, so he is able to track Brian, and he learns that Brian lied to Nathan. So he basically says, like, I went and I sat outside his house, and he didn't leave
1: one time during the weekend. (laughs) Yeah, rejection's uh, hard. And I think Nathan, while hearing this rejection, does a good job of, you know, holding his head up.
0: Yeah, and he basically has a conversation with Paul where Paul's like, honestly, like, I would lie too if I had to. Like, it's just an awkward thing if you don't want to hang out with someone to just outright tell them no. And then Nathan immediately asks him... (laughs) Hey, well, would you want to hang out with me this weekend? And Paul says, no, you know, I need to go to San Francisco to see my family.
1: Yeah. Would, if someone asked you to hang out that you didn't want to see, would you lie about it or just tell them no?
0: I think I would just say no, but
1: I don't know. How about you? To be honest, people I don't want to see, uh, don't normally ask me to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> like that's pretty a good much, point. pretty much everyone I talk to, um, like I hang out with, I guess the only situation is, uh, if like someone knew I meet, like asks me, like I, I was out once and someone like asked me out to dinner or something. And at that point you just have to say like, no, sorry, I'm seeing someone. And so then you can be very direct. But, um, like if I'm friends with you, Like, you probably know if I want to hang out with you or not.
0: Yeah, I just feel like there's no shame in being like, oh, no. Like, Like, will I I, show up to the
1: plans? I don't know. But, like, my intention is good. Like, I'll want to be there. Yeah.
0: So, we then see a montage of Nathan asking various business owners and different people if they want to hang out and all of them rejecting him and it's all very sad poor Nathan he he maybe is the wizard of loneliness but he decides he's gonna call yet another private investigator to track Paul Katz and see if he actually goes to San Francisco the following weekend
1: yeah I really wanted to follow up on this to see if you went to San Francisco, unfortunately, we don't learn that information, but this montage, unbelievable. Something that we didn't see in the hunk actually was a part of this montage. And, uh, Rachel was talking to one of the girls on the hunk and asked her if Nathan was like, if she found Nathan attractive and if that's what she was expecting. And she said, no, you know, I think I was expecting him to look a little bit different and I was like oh no girl you're being filmed (laughs) inside thoughts if you're on a dating show
0: it was so awkward like especially to say oh he's not exactly what I thought he would look like (laughs) it's like oof that's harsh yeah that's
1: harsh I think nowadays like the bachelor and bachelorette like people show up because they want to be famous and it's like they're gonna be into you no matter who you are
0: Yeah, they just want that Instagram money.
1: Fair, fair.
0: Can't blame them. Like, same. I would also get money for posting on Instagram.
1: It seems like a good life.
0: (laughs) So, our second segment that we're going to talk about today is all about taxis. And Nathan tells us that when he gets into a taxi... He usually wants to have just like a nice quiet ride and he has figured out a solution for chatty taxi drivers and he's brought that to a company called Independent Cab and we meet the president of Independent Cab who's named Natabi.
1: Yes, so he pitches this idea to Natabi where essentially there will be a tablet set up in the cab and when someone gets into the cab, a note will pop up and say, would you like to... Like talk to the cab driver today, you can select yes or no. And then if you select yes, a series of four different topics will appear and you can select what topic you want to chat about. So uh, Databi says, you know, this could be a good idea and he thinks it could be very exciting, but he wants to test it on one driver before he implements it into all of his cabs.
0: Yeah. So two things here. One amazing idea like this is probably the most real world idea that we see in the show other than the hunk of course which is basically just the bachelor um Mm -hmm. and two natabi a great company president being like no we're gonna test this like he's clearly got some good business sense
1: yeah i think it's a great idea um i haven't ridden in a cab for quite a while um but I think that lots of cab divers try to do really interesting things to make people have a good ride and get high ratings, especially if they're on Uber or Lyft or something like that. So um, I've been in ones where like they'll offer you water or gum or there might be a game on a tablet in the back. So I think uh, this might have really started an idea revolution in the taxi world.
0: Yeah, I actually just recently got an Instagram Um, memory of a really crazy taxi that I was in, which was decorated with all of these like red hearts that you could like write on. And it was like a wild taxi cab. It had like karaoke in it. It was,
1: it was just like the craziest experience. Actually, someone from work. uh, So I run um, my work's Instagram account. And someone messaged us asking for stickers from our company because she's a taxi driver and she really heavily decorates her taxi for every like holiday. So she like really decked it out for Valentine's Day. And so for St. Patrick's Day, she wanted to make it beer themed. And I completely forgot about that until right now. But I think people are really trying to stand out in interesting ways and make, even if it's a short ride, a fun ride.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like especially... I mean, not so much now, because obviously um, in Toronto, everything is still closed. But I feel like when you're like bar hopping or something, getting into a fun Uber or like a fun Lyft is can almost be like a highlight of the night.
1: Oh, yeah. Especially if they start playing like songs that you love and they get really into the party and it can just be a blast. I think those are always the most memorable cab rides. So uh, we decide that this is a great idea and we meet the driver who will be doing this experiment, Ruben. And Ruben seems like a really great guy. He uh, chats briefly with Nathan and they learn he is from Armenia. So Nathan decides that one of the four topics they will be discussing is Armenia and then some more general ones such as sports, World War II, and marine life. He takes out a bunch of books on these subjects from a library and gives it to Ruben to study up on them, and he says, okay, we'll start this in a week so you have enough time to read some of these books and learn a little bit about each of these subjects, and then we'll give it a try.
0: Yeah, so Ruben, we learned quite quickly, likely did not read the books, Um, And the reason that we learned that is that we see the test going on. So Nathan tells us that most people do not want to speak to the driver and select no when they get in the cab, which is relatable. Like, I think as we discussed, I think a lot of the time we probably also would pick no. Yeah, I I would probably pick no. Yeah, especially... Like, whenever I'm going to the airport, for some reason, my Uber driver always really wants to talk to me. And it's usually, like, four in the morning. And I'm like, sir, I am not awake
1: yet to, like, have a conversation. Actually, a fun driver that I had – well, not fun, but it was amusing for me. This was an Uber driver in Ottawa. So while I was in the Uber, he had – I don't know what it's called. Do you know – um, like something you would use to exercise your hand it's like you're squeezing something together and out
0: oh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about like Do you it, know what it's they're called? for training i don't know what they're called but they're for training your grip like a lot of like um rock
1: climbers and like
0: weightlifters use those
1: yeah so it's like one of those metal things that you squeeze together and so we're driving and he's using it while we're driving <laughs> So he was, like, driving one-handed, and he's, like, exercising his hand, I guess, and he's just, like, <laughs> flexing happened? a lot because of it, and it was just very awkward.
0: He was, like, I got to get these extra reps in. I might as well do it while I'm driving Uber.
1: Yeah. Part of me is, like, fit in exercise when you can, but it's, like, maybe do it when you're driving to pick up someone and not while they're in the car, because I was, like, one, I'd like you to focus on driving. And two, it's just like, I, I normally sit in the front seat if I'm alone. Oh my God. What? Well, I don't want to be like rude. It depends.
0: Oh my God. I would never sit in the front seat. That's crazy.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, sometimes I do. Cause I'm like, if I'm by, if I'm with other people, I'll sit in the back. But if you're by yourself, it's like, I don't know.
0: That's so weird. No way. Cause what? Like, I feel like that is so scary. What if they like kidnap you?
1: Could they not kidnap you in the back? Like, you can child lock back doors, but not the front one.
0: I don't mind. I like sitting in the front when I'm with a big group of people, where like you have to sit in the front. But oh my god, I never sit in the front <laughs> if it's just me and the driver. That's that's like the craziest thing I've ever heard. I, I need I need people to tell us if they where they sit when they're in an Uber alone. I don't know.
1: I feel like i go back and forth like if they have a bunch of stuff in the front seat i'll sit in the back but if they have stuff in the back seat i'll sit in the front this is a crazy take
0: scorching hot take so after seeing a montage of people selecting no they don't want to speak to the driver we get one woman who selects that yes she does want to talk to the driver so she selects the topic of marine life and that's what she would like to talk to ruben about So she starts saying, like, you know, I just kind of want to hear more about the native marine life in California. And it becomes clear that Ruben has not read the books that Nathan gave him.
1: Yeah, Nathan's very disappointed. He asks Ruben if he'll pull over, and then they ask the woman to step out of the car for a minute which is so funny. And she does. She's like, oh yeah, that's fine. So I don't know if she was actually going somewhere and she's a real customer or if they asked a few people to hop into test this out, but she gets out of the car and just waits outside of it for a few minutes while they chat. And Nathan is like, come on, man. Like I was really counting on you. Like we really need you to have these facts and be able to give a good story for this woman. And so he pulls up a website and starts telling her some facts. So some of the facts that he learns are a sperm whale can hold its breath for an hour. Um, they, and they can live up to 200 years. So he quickly tells Ruben all these facts. They invite the woman back in and Nathan has him repeat the facts that he just learned. And Nathan says that Ruben came through in a big way and soon he was making up his own facts. So Nathan asks him if he's ever fought a shark And he goes to say no. And Nathan kind of looks at him and shakes his head as if to say yes. And he quickly changes his story and say, oh, yes, I fought a great white shark. And he starts describing how he fought him and that he kicked it in the face and he killed him. And the woman was just like losing her mind. She was like, wow, really? And it's like, it was so funny. (laughs) And it seems like they had a really good time.
0: Yeah. Reuben does such a good job. He's like a little improv
1: artist here. Mm-hmm. now although we learned one or two things about whales i was still curious which whales are native to california so i did spend a few minutes looking up some whale facts so i'm just gonna read all of them because i think they're all pretty yes. interesting so there are three main species of whales that frequent the california central coast we have gray whales blue whales and humpback whales Additionally, killer whales, also known as orcas, are often seen in Monterey Bay as the gray whales pass through in the spring. Now, wow. that, that was not a fun fact, but I do have some facts for you. Okay. <clears throat> Male humpback whales found in the U.S. sing complex songs in the winter breeding areas that can last up to 20 minutes and be heard miles away. Wow. Yeah.
0: Do you think they're singing, Death is so Sad?
1: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) How else will they attract the lady whales?
0: Yeah, or perhaps some nice royalty-free music.
1: Mmm, yeah. So, beluga whales have flexible necks, allowing them to move their heads. Their complex communication repertoire of whistles, clicks, and chirps has prompted the nickname Canaries of the Sea. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Grey whales uh make up one of the longest annual migrations of any mammal. They travel about ten thousand miles, which is about sixteen thousand kilometers round trip.
0: That's that's a long that's a long trip.
1: If you think you've heard enough facts, you haven't, because I have more. <laughs> Blue whales are the loudest animal on the planet, and their tongue weighs as much what? as an elephant. Well,
0: so, tongue- ge- wait, what?
1: Both of these are amazing facts. So let me elaborate. So a jet engine registers at 140 decibels and the call of a blue whale reaches 188 decibels. Holy. Their shit. language of pulses, groans and moans can be heard by others up to 1000 miles or uh, 1600 kilometers away. Holy. They're the loudest animal on the planet. Isn't that crazy? Now That's wild. To touch on the elephant portion of this. So, blue whales can weigh as much as 30 elephants. So, the average weight for these gentle giants is 200,000 to 300,000 pounds. So, that's 90,000 to 136,000 kilograms, or about 100 to 150 tons. Some can, yeah, some can weigh as much as 441,000 pounds. So 200,000 kilograms or 220 tons. For comparison, an adult African bush elephant weighs up to six tons. So it can take 30 or uh, more elephants to equal the weight of a blue whale. Oh my god. And those are uh, my whale facts. That, that
0: was wild. I did not realize that blue whales can get that big.
1: Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> all these facts were very interesting to me personally. But I think yeah, I... Uh, beluga whales having flexible necks, <laughs> I was just like, what? Well, that seems like a random <laughs> thing to decide that that's a fact. Like, how flexible are these necks? <laughs> because our other animals, like, they haven't. I guess I always thought they don't, they can't really turn their necks very much.
0: Yeah, I wondered, like, does that mean they can, like, turn their neck, like, all the way around, like, in a horror movie or something?
1: That's I almost made this uh, guess which fact is false segment and i was going to alter that one to say like they can turn their their head almost uh 180 degrees. Oh.
0: Yeah, i don't i think i don't know what i would have guessed. I think i would have guessed the size one cuz i really didn't know they were that big.
1: I thought that the blue whales being the largest animal on the planet was pretty far fetched as well. Yeah. Well, there you go, trivia friends. You don't need to take a cab ride to learn some interesting marine life facts today. Yeah.
0: And so we get Nathan and Nabati sitting back at the office. And Nabati really likes this plan. Like, he thinks that this is a really good system to implement. So Nathan's like, oh, amazing. I'm going to leave you my business card. And he sets down on the table a tiny little turtle with his business information, like, affixed to the turtle shell. (laughs) And he says, okay, now here's how you care for the turtle. Um, Please keep it alive. And every time when you have to feed it every day, you'll think of
1: me. I mean, it's a pretty good plan if the person keeps the turtle, I guess. I was not expecting it, and I completely forgot about this part. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention the first time I watched it i think i watched it for the first time a few years ago um but this was wild i don't know what i would do if if someone handed me that as a business card (laughs) like what i guess i would look up how to care for a turtle i'd probably take the business card off of the turtle's back though or maybe find find someone who wants to care for the turtle
0: yeah do you name the turtle
1: you definitely name the turtle
0: People always get, like, a kick out of my business card because my company, they put everyone's picture on the back of their business card. So I work for, like, a very, like, active outdoors company. So I have a picture of me running a marathon on the back of my business card. So I'll, like, hand it to people and they're like, oh, is that you? And I'm like, w- "Like, yeah, I wouldn't put a picture of someone else on my business card. That would be
1: insane well uh we do know that after kelly ran a marathon i started getting notifications on my (laughs) facebook page that were saying like congratulations on your marathon run and showed photos of kelly and i've never been more confused in my life i was was like did i run remember that i was like have you seen photos of kelly and i together i don't know why that appeared it was super weird I forget what that was for.
0: That was so funny. I remember you messaging me about that being like, it thinks that I ran a marathon.
1: <laughs> Which <laughs> like, Zuckerberg,
0: uh, get it together.
1: I don't know why that came up. I think the running company, I don't know. I think because I clicked on the website to see uh, like photos of you running the marathon, it might have been like, oh, I will now advertise our website to try to get you to buy the photos that you looked at. That sounds logical.
0: We'll never know. If I ever get to run another marathon, maybe it'll happen again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll post that I ran one. It's fine.
0: You get all the glory without having to actually run. It's really the best case scenario.
1: I think the glory is being like hella fit though, isn't it?
0: I mean, you don't have to be that fit to run a marathon. You just have to be like very dedicated and like ready to not do anything for the rest of the day after you
1: finish. Yeah. Now I'll be the first to admit that I zoomed in on this Nathan fielder contact information. Ooh. And I'm pretty sure I know the email that was that was written. Do I think it's his oh. actual email? Probably not, but I'm pretty sure I could see what it said. Oh man. Should we we'll send this email? An email.
0: <laughs> I think we might have to try, right? Like there's no there's no harm in trying.
1: Yeah, so maybe we'll shoot this email. The letters that I saw were nfielder at gmail.com.
0: Ooh. And
1: I think we give it a shot. And if he never yeah. responds, that's fine. And if someone else has this email, maybe they can come on the pod. That's fine, too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we'll just invite whoever emails us back on. Yeah. So I do have the update on independent taxicab company. They are still in business, as far as I can tell. So, that's nice. It doesn't look like they're still doing the um, tablet in the car, but at least they're still rocking it. Um, There's some very interesting reviews. There's one that someone said it was a horrible experience. This dispatcher was disgustingly rude, but they gave the company five stars, which always makes me laugh really
1: hard. Whoa. Whoa. Maybe she picked the topic, like, insulting. And she was like, look, he was super rude, but I picked disgusting, so five stars.
0: There you go. If anyone needs a cab in LA, you can try Independent Taxi Cab Company. And for our last segment that we're going to talk about, we have Nathan telling us that he wants to use his strategy from the hunk to try and help someone else that he knows get some confidence. So we're introduced to his co-worker, Solomon, who's a quiet, hard worker. He loves the movie Click, and Nathan tells us he wants to set him up on a blind date.
1: Yes, so he reflects back on how earlier in the season he set up a fake dating show, The Hunk, to help him overcome his fear of meeting women, and he wants to use what he learned to help this co-worker. So... He decides to set Solomon up on a blind date, and when he pitches it to Comedy Central, all they saw was the opportunity to cash in. There is a catch for setting up this date for the show, and that catch is that it is sponsored. Yes. Megan
0: and I have decided that, you know, we're not getting paid for this podcast. So we're not here to give anyone free publicity. So we will not be referring to the company by name
1: while we talk about this. If they want to try to take advantage of Solomon's date and insert themselves, we want none of that. So we're going to bleep out the name of but we will be describing it, and you can probably guess what it is. And if wants to sponsor us, we will unbleep. We can most
0: definitely be bought, number one. We do not care about selling out to Big Sandwich, and we are fully willing to do so. We will talk all about... All of the chef-inspired sauces and freshly sliced meats and cheeses if if needed. Absolutely. And Kelly's a vegetarian,
1: but she will tell you that their meat-filled sandwich is mm, toasty. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide to have their date at <laughs> And the contestant from the hunk that Nathan selects to go on this blind date with is, of course, Rachel, who was a standout character on the show Best known, I think, for being the sock girl.
0: Yes, we love Rachel. She's very funny. And we see that Nathan and a marketing rep are going to be hidden in a room with Solomon getting fed lines through an earpiece.
1: Yeah, so they're sitting down to have their date and... Solomon is apparently wearing Nathan's grandpa suit and is looking very fresh. Solomon tells Rachel that she has really nice eyes, and she gets excited. They start complimenting each other, and it's just really cute. And immediately, the rep wants to start inserting promotion plugs into their conversation.
0: Yeah, she immediately says, like, "Oh, tell him to ask her what her favorite." sub is
1: yeah nathan does not love this and says okay that's kind of weird really earlier on in the date and he says that he tries to hold off the rep as long as he can but that uh she keeps pushing and he wants to give solomon rachel a chance to really connect yeah and i do want to know what what's your favorite sub you know what until we're getting paid by big i hate subs (laughs) whoa i mean i actually love subs but uh I don't actually know which subs they have.
0: Yeah, if anyone is, like, a sub shop owner, I just would really like more vegetarian options. I think recently they came out with, like, the Beyond Meat Meatball sub at Subway. I don't know if we want to bleep that one out because they're a competitor
1: company. No, no, but. it's fine. It's fine. We we can keep other sub shops in because they didn't try to insert themselves into Solomon's Date.
0: That's true. But I haven't tried it yet, but I just like that they have an option for me.
1: In general, I grew up, my mom uh, was a teacher at the school I went to. So I always got these like hot lunches um, that she'd bring me from the staff room. Uh, And so I always craved sandwiches and was like, everyone else gets sandwiches for lunch. I never get this amazing thing that all these other people are eating. Like, as an adult, I love sandwiches so much, and I almost never have them, but I should eat them more.
0: Yeah, I think if I just, like, had a choice, I would always pick a burrito over a sub. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. As the two, like, handheld (laughs) items you can eat on a motorcycle that I can think of, I think burrito would win out every time, so.
1: Yeah, I would definitely pick burrito as well. Now we see Solomon and Rachel really starting to connect. Solomon asks if she has seen the movie Click, which we know he loves. She has not, uh, but Solomon shares and she seems to really love all this information that he's sharing. They seem to really be connecting. So we then keep panning back and forth between the <laughs> rep, Nathan, and the date. We have the <laughs> rep asking Solomon to say, Did you know the Baja chicken has chef inspired sauces? He repeats that. Rachel's like, oh, cool. She asks him to say, mmm, toasty after he takes a bite. Nathan's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) So I think it'd be very interesting to see the uncut conversation. Like Nathan has very much played this where like big, has come in and is like forcing them to say each of these things i feel like there's a lot of talk in between where she's like oh maybe he could say this and that and she cuts it or nathan cuts it out to just say like have him say this immediately <laughs>
0: all i could think about was like what
1: does chef inspired sauces mean at least they're not uninspired sauces
0: yeah oh my god they imagine uninspired sauces
1: I'm a big sauce person. I love sauce uh, if it's an option on most of my foods.
0: I'm also like looking at the menu right now because I was like, what is like, what is considered a chef-inspired sauce, you know? I'm trying to find Damn it. it
1: out for us. We're going to end up getting this for dinner. <laughs> They're getting into our heads. Mm, toasty. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> toasty. Mmm, <laughs> toasty. Mmm, <laughs> toasty.
0: Okay, when you eat a sub, are you a toasted or are you
1: untoasted? Oh, a hundred percent toasted. Like, I think every sandwich should be toasted.
0: Yeah, oh great, great take.
1: I don't think it's a take. I think just it's universally known. Like, does any know. if anybody wants to say I don't want a toasted sandwich over a toasted sandwich and they're both available, like are you kidding me? Do you not like contrast? We need someone to do a deep research dive into this for us.
0: So I am like looking at their sauces and like chef inspired, I feel like is a stretch. Like we've got barbecue sauce, chipotle mayo. Oh like, no, it's becoming
1: not... an ad. This is becoming an ad. <laughs> but
0: those are not particularly chefy to me.
1: Maybe they're just saying that the chef was feeling inspired by something. Maybe not a great thing, but they're like, ah, barbecue on a sandwich. <laughs>
0: But alas, so they do say, "mm toasty, when Solomon bites the sub, and the rep also tries to get him to talk about the fresh sliced meat and cheeses.
1: Nathan says, look, I love Ah! <laughs> I forgot we were be- beeping it out. <laughs> I was like, you said it. <laughs>
0: and Solomon also asks Rachel if she knows any poems. Which she says, no, I don't, but he does have one prepared, which I would like to now recite to you, Meg, if you're ready. Okay, yes. Roses are red, violets are blue, no one
1: is prettier than you. You know what? I have a smile on my face. That felt very much from the heart.
0: Did that feel, mmm, toasty?
1: My heart does feel, mmm, toasty. So and maybe cute. my cheeks a little too.
0: Solomon <laughs> is
1: just such a sweet baby angel. Yeah. He's very lovely. I, I'm so glad that they went on this date. Now, he really wants to be able to see Rachel again. You know, he very respectfully taps her on the arm as he walks her out. And he says, you know, I really hope that we can see each other again. Um, we don't. They don't discuss any firm plans, um, but it seemed like a nice date.
0: Yeah, everyone had fun. We do also get like a little post-credit scene where (laughs) Rachel asks Solomon, like, hey, do you actually like Like, what's the deal here? But we don't get to hear Solomon's answer, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I think it was a really funny segment. I hope that really did pay the show for this, and if so, I'd like to know how much. Um, do you have any more information on that? <laughs> I don't. It's still not. open today. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously, it's <laughs> open. I will say, um, maybe they did like the craft services for them. That would be nice, too. Mm, yeah. But that's pretty much the episode, because we don't really have an update on
1: obviously, it's so it's still alive and kicking. in. I think maybe we could try to find an update on Solomon's uh, relationship status. I feel like that would be a spicy after the fact. Oh, someone on Reddit says that
0: he has a Facebook page where people post a lot. And he is apparently very awkward on it, but he replies to almost all of the comments Um, apparently he was on a different podcast, and it was very awkward, and it was a little bit uncomfy. He gets a lot of DMs on Instagram, and he said he is awkward, but then also, like, Nathan kind of manipulates the footage they have to make it more extreme, just like with everyone else in the show. So, I think it's just that he, you know, he just is probably a little awkward, and Because it's a show, he really turns it on uh, extra hard. I will say, apparently, he was inadvertently sharing porn all over his Facebook page. Whoa! I I don't have any more information other than that is what someone said on Reddit uh, about a year ago, but
1: it's pretty funny. If something like that happens, is that, like, I guess you would say someone hacked your Facebook account, but how does a person benefit? Like, if I'm a hacker... Like, oh, I'm going to get this person's Facebook information so I can post porn everywhere. Like, how do you benefit from that? Unless you are the porn star and it's free advertisement.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was a hacker. It seems like someone said, oh, he just didn't realize, like, that he, (laughs) it was showing up everywhere. Hmm. So I think that's it for this season finale of nathan did you think it was like a good wrap-up to the season
1: yeah i really liked each of these segments i thought that they were all pretty funny a little bit out there as per usual um do you think that out of every episode this is the one that should have been the season finale because i kind of think that the claw might be well placed as the last episode
0: I agree. I think The Claw should probably be the season finale. Um, It's kind of weird that this ended up being The Order.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think if they had swapped those, that would have been a bit of a nicer flow. But I think it was a great episode. I thought that all the clones were hysterical. Um, The date was really fun and a little bit heartfelt. And, you know, we learned some things from the taxi segment, so what what's there to dislike
0: yeah definitely so as we discussed at the top of the show next week's going to be a bit of a different format so we're going to be doing A. Q&A. so please send in any questions you might have i'm going to post the google form in the show notes of this episode as well it will be on our twitter and our instagram at nathan for us megan and i will probably also um, repost it on our own twitters and we also will be ranking each segment so definitely tune in if you want to hear what we think is the top segment in the first season of the show so we'll also be doing a happy hour on clubhouse at 8 p.m on thursday which is gonna be february 25th and that's 8 p.m eastern time if you are on clubhouse which is an ios app uh, please feel free to stop by follow Megan and i so that you'll be able to find the room My username is at Kelly W and Megan is at Megan Bianco.
1: Yeah, you can see how our names are spelled and written on Twitter and Instagram as there are a thousand different ways of spelling Megan. Mine is M-E-A-G-A-N-B-I-A-N-C-O. Feel free to reach out to us, fill out that Google form, and we're so excited to answer your questions. I don't know what kinds of things people might be interested in learning, and I really hope that the episode questions, were able to answer them.
0: Yeah, and of course, we want to thank anyone who gave us some new reviews. Um, we got one from Davis comma Will, Nathan for us is for me, love to hear it. And we also got one from PIEX3, which said that we are a great companion piece to the show. If you'd like to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. It really helps us out. Even if you just want to hit the five stars and not write anything, that is a-okay. But it's a free and easy way to get other people into the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. We definitely want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, if you have any recommendations for this show, please send us a DM. Um, but yes, always please rate, uh, follow and subscribe us. This has been Kelly and Megan on your side. Yay. Yay.